Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your host today, Carrie Borkowski, and Happy New Year. It is the first episode of 2023, and I thought I would do just a short to get us started in this new year. Um, I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday, time with friends, family, just relaxing and resting. I definitely had some time with family over the break. Um, Interestingly, in Situate, um, as I have shared in previous episodes, we got a crazy little storm. It was really a short-lived storm, and yet we lost power (laughs) and did not have wireless or internet or cable um, for a while. So luckily, we got power back Christmas Eve um, so the, so like the 24th. So that was a good thing. We did not get internet access until a few days after Christmas. So the kids were a little, uh, frustrated, needless to say, cause some of their, um, presence required an internet connection. But I will say, you know, Brian and I talk a lot about yes and on this podcast. And I will say, yes, we did lose power and internet for six or seven days. And It opened up lots of opportunities for Legos, for family puzzles, lots of conversation. After that storm, we had some crazy warm weather, so we took hikes every day. And so it was a yes and kind of holiday with some, you know, some challenges and some successes and opportunities. So feeling fairly well rested and transitioning slowly back to a work slash kids at school schedule and just looking forward to the new season. I did want to say coming right off the heels of a happy new year, I think Brianne and I, or hopefully our audience recognizes, we really value taking time to celebrate. And so I first want to celebrate having had the opportunity to work with Brianne this fall on this season four and speaking to all the amazing guests that we've had so far. Ugh, I'm, I just feel like every time I engage and participate in conversations with, with different people around topics of belonging, I learn something new and add something to my sense of, of what belonging really is. So, so I'm really celebrating that. I think the other thing that I wanted to share that I'm tremendously proud of Brianne and, and me for is that, um, as we've said, we've worked really hard, not just to build the podcast, but also make the podcast a part of our, you know, our research, because we're both professors at a university. And so there's some requirements and desires, really, not just requirements, but desire to publish and really think about this data that we're collecting. And so we have gotten permission um, from sort of the, the necessary places to do some data analysis and publication. And I am happy to report that working in a research team of four, so it was Brianne and myself and two other colleagues, we submitted a manuscript on season two of the podcast, which was really interviewing friends, families, parents, caregivers, mental health professionals, teachers, leaders of nonprofits related to education, leaders of schools during the height of the pandemic. 
And so we reviewed and analyzed that data and we've discovered some pretty interesting findings and we have submitted that for publication. Additionally, right before the holiday break, Brianne and I submitted a paper also about the podcast, but more generally about podcasting as a form of research, as a form of data collection. And so, you know, I said, you know, the, the holidays was a yes and sort of moment. I continue to be so excited and um, grateful that our work is a yes and that yes, we get to do this podcast it started out as a labor of love and continues to be such a love. And we've figured out ways to integrate this work into our work life, which just has all sorts of benefits. And I would imagine that in the next six months or so, we will have produced a few more papers around um, or manuscripts around season three, which if you remember, was interviewing <clears throat> leaders around belonging. And this was coming off the heels of the height of the pandemic. And then of course, in this past season, what we will continue this season is belonging in our relationships. And so we are hoping to mine that data for some other findings and we will certainly keep you posted. Ah, so I thought that in this short, I would do a little bit of reflection, because um, as you know, if you listen often, I am a big believer in and practicer of reflection. And so a couple of sort of takeaways I had from the, the fall and from the winter break, I think one is this idea of belonging to self. This key, this message, this theme keeps coming up over and over again. It came up in the data uh, from individuals during the pandemic, how important it was to, I don't know, level set or reset and and engage in self-care and really pay attention to how, you know, each individual person was feeling with with respect to belonging and connection. And it continues to come up as we dig into this idea of relationships and just a uh, to give you, not to give too much away, but the same is coming up in the leadership data as well. And so I've really been thinking about and I think internalizing even more this idea of belonging to self. And connected to that is continuing to be really intentional around critical self-reflection. Um, I know sometimes when we hear the word reflection, I get the collective eye roll from audiences or students, and that's often because it might remind you of a time where a teacher, a facilitator, or someone else mentioned reflection and immediately said, now write me five journal entries, right, over the next eight weeks or 10 weeks or 16 weeks. And critical self-reflection is much more than just journal writing. And in fact, when I taught um, in the fall, I was teaching a course on reflective school leadership. And what I offered or invited my students to do is to identify a practice that best resonated with them around critical self-reflection. And so what, what ended up happening is some students wrote or typed, I guess, is, as it were, some people recorded an audio, almost like a mini podcast. Some people did videos, others did presentations. And so critical self-reflection really is what you make it. And so 
I think when we say we're being intentional about critical self-reflection, what I am thinking a lot about these days is how do we support individuals in groups in building a practice of critical self-reflection? And what does that practice look like? Because we know from books like Atomic Habits and others that doing the little things is the hard part, right? It's, it's creating those routines and habits that lead us to this identity development, which in this case is around building a practice of critical self-reflection. So so that's something that I've been thinking about and I've been more intentional around doing this work myself. So I think you'll see in the coming months in some of the episodes more to, to come on what that might look like. The biggest lesson though, um, this this winter break came from, and you won't be surprised, it came from our oldest son, Colby. So he turned 11 in December, and he has, as you might imagine, for folks who have, have kids, have nieces and nephews, have neighbors who are young, he's at that age where, one, he wants his, some, some more independence, right? Which Which I get. I understand that. So he wants to ride his bike to the local, you know, 7-Eleven or convenience store. When we go on vacation, he wants to be able to, to walk into town by himself. And what we've been telling him is that, you know, he's, he's not ready or, you know, he really needs to be able to stay connected with us. And, and so what that, of course, leads to is the questions and decisions around technology. And in our household, we've decided that phones are, are going to wait. We're going to hold off on phones as long as we can. And hopefully, you know, not till middle school, maybe early high school before any of our kids get a phone. What we did decide and what we did give him for Christmas is we gave him an Apple watch and it was, it, it was an older Apple watch. It was a, it was one that I had had and just held on to in case. And he, of course, being 11 and getting an Apple Watch, he was over the moon. So, and he, again, not surprising, being 11 in the 21st century, he quickly figured out all the ins and outs of Apple Watch. And he's been using an iPad, an old iPad, for a long time. So, so these things are familiar to him. Well, the reason I bring this up is not because I wanted to share that we gave Colby an Apple Watch, but there was some real learning for me around communicating with our son via the Apple Watch because the reason we gave him the Apple Watch is because he now is able to text with us. So when the weather gets nicer, potentially he will be able to, you know, go on an outing with friends or, you know, do a quick errand and still be in contact with us via his Apple Watch. And so the reason I bring this up on a podcast about belonging is because I realized something in my communication with Colby. And what I realized is when you're texting with anyone, and in in this case, when you're texting with your son, who's 11, you get to know him in a different way. And so Susan and I had had the opportunity. We were so lucky. My parents came to town. So we got to go away for a couple of days without our kids. We haven't gotten to do that in forever. And we rarely get to do it just because our families are out of town. 
And so he <clears throat> was texting me while we, you know, on our way there. We were only going an hour and a half away, by the way. And he would say, you know, well, what's your ETA, right? Like, when are you going to get there? So it was sort of the standard things. And then when we arrived and I sent him a picture of the view and he was all excited, then he, then he was saying things like, well, hope you have fun, enjoy your night, um, you know, send us some more pictures. And what I started to realize, and I said this to Susan, and it's not that I didn't know it, but through text, through words alone, I was seeing the care and compassion and the consideration and the love in my oldest son. I was seeing what an amazing young man he is turning out to be. I mean, I know he has many more years to go to grow up. But what I recognized is that sometimes, and I'll call them distractions. I don't know if it's the right word, but it's the word that sort of bubbled up for me. That cutting through the distractions of day-to-day -day life, whether it's me getting annoyed because he hasn't straightened up his room or him being, a, you know, a, a, a typical regular expected 11 year old with tons of energy and tons of enthusiasm, sometimes more than, you know, I can manage <laughs> or want in that in the house um, on a rainy day, maybe, you know, those distractions sometimes get in the way. And what I realized is that in just a few words on an Apple watch, texting with my 11-year-old son, cutting through those distractions, I could see him. I mean, really see him. And I know this might sound cheesy, but I'm, I'm being sincere. I could see his heart. I could see his humanness. And I think it was just a really important reminder to me that we need to really pay attention to each other. We really need to lean in and try to see each other. We appear in different ways. We use different forms of communication. We look different. We talk differently. We wear different clothes. We walk through the world in different ways. And it's our responsibility to each other to find our inner selves, right? To really see the people around you. And so I am so grateful that Colby, and he has no idea <laughs> that he did this. And I have a picture of him on my desk right now and he's like smiling back at me, which is very sweet as I record this podcast. He just reminded me that, you know, to create a sense of belonging to participate in the experience of belonging requires each of us to make the effort to be intentional and really listen, to really pay attention, to find a way to communicate that authentically connects with another human being and not just connecting in the ways that we feel are comfortable and appropriate, but also in the ways that make the most sense and resonate with the other individual or participants. So I think my hope, I didn't make a New Year's resolution because I feel like I just set myself up for 
um, breaking them. And I will say that I think reflecting on, you know, the winter break and the end of 2022, I think my hope in 2023 is that I'm able to more often, especially when it comes to my kids, I'm able to cut through the distractions, whatever they might be, to really see my kids, to really see my spouse, to really see my friends and my family. And yeah, that's to me, that's how I do my part in, I don't know what the verb is, cultivating, facilitating, participating in experiences of belonging. So that's my big takeaway for the winter break. So what's ahead? Oh my goodness, Brianna and I have some planning to do and I can assure you there's some good episodes ahead. Uh, Speaking of cutting through distractions and diversities and differences and, and I'm not saying, let me be clear, I'm not saying that diversity um, is distraction. I just mean um, that we have differences, right? And sometimes the visual especially or the um, auditory, our senses, um, you know, those are the things they attach to immediately and we don't take the time to really focus in on the human being. That's what I mean by distractions, okay? So what's ahead for us this spring? Well, we have a couple of experts coming on um, in late January, I believe, I have to look at the schedule, who are going to talk with us and have a conversation with us around neurodiverse learners and sort of think about belonging and neurodiversity. And one of one of the guests has been on the podcast before, so I'm very excited to have her back. We will also have um, another veteran of the podcast. Um, if you remember Dr. Kanita Williams, she came on, uh, I think, last spring when we did the book club on with... Um, um, when Brianne and I did the book book club, um, sh- she was on when we talked about bell hooks and teaching to transgress. And so Dr. Kanita Williams will join us to talk about belonging, relationships, and just to explore that in her context as a leader and as a mom and just as an individual. Um, as we talked about with Kate, when Brianne's friend Kate came on, we sort of joked about doing a book club and... That joke is becoming a reality. All three of us are reading Bittersweet right now, and we're hoping to do a two or three part series on Bittersweet. And the other thing that I'm tinkering with right now and don't have a lot of uh, detail is I'm working on a companion book for my book, uh, Dancing with Discomfort. And so I'm hoping to maybe use a couple of episodes of the podcast to. I don't know, sort of um, take some of my ideas out for a test drive, get Brianne's take on it, and maybe get some feedback from our audience and listeners. So lots and lots of great uh, content ahead, and we so look forward to sharing with you the, the conversations with our guests, with some of the research that we're getting into, and of course the book club and the reading Um, And if you haven't had a chance to read Bittersweet, I recommend you pick it up on Kindle or at your library or wherever you get your books 
and maybe uh, read along with us and tune in when we do the book club. All right, everybody. Well, Happy New Year. Welcome 2023. I am sure this year has lots of wonderful things in store for us. And Brianne and I are looking so forward to being a part of your listening choices in this new year. All right. Take care, everybody. Be well. So Sweet.